Hi, everyone. Welcome to the ImpactVest podcast, transformative global innovation in a new era of impact. I'm Aisha Williams, the founder and CEO of ImpactVest. And along with our guest host, we aim to inspire and motivate towards collective positive global impact to solve our world's most pressing challenges in sustainability. With each episode, we will engage in insightful conversations with global change makers, visionaries, and sustainability activists who wish to build a more sustainable and resilient future. Join us now as we create the future of impact. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to our podcast. Today, I have the pleasure to be joined by Isaac Oyedokun. He is the CEO and co-founder of Africa's first e-scooter sharing platform, Trek. Welcome to our podcast, Isaac. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here, Aisha. So, Isaac, I'm really looking forward to learning more about Trek. Can you tell us a bit about how it started, your motivation for founding the company? Yeah, thank you so much. And um, yes, I always love to share the Trek story, uh, the journey so far since we launched in 2021 in Nigeria. Trek is Africa's you know, leading micromobility sharing platform. We are in the market to revolutionize you know, the face of transportation in Africa. Uh, outside the combustion engine alternatives that we have from tuk-tuk to boda-boda to, you know, even cars, um, the you know, the frequencies of cars on the road uh, to a newer and uh, you know, a green alternative, and that was why we uh, felt okay. Um, it's so uh, since electric scooters are really changing the face of you know um, transportation globally. It's also you know time for us to introduce it in the African market, and that was how we got started um, back in 2019. But we launched you know fully in Nigeria in 2021. You have a great background uh, working with tech startups. Uh, how does your background help you today in scaling track? Uh, yes, um, I, I had the opportunity uh, to work with um, startups, especially in France and Nigeria. Uh, and this has really shown me some of the dynamics, you know, um, that you face starting up your business or some of you know those uh, opportunities and challenges you know, as a startup. Uh, you know, for a startup or any founder in the ecosystem, it's not that rosy as to what people see outside. You know, there are lots of sleepless nights. There are lots of calls, emails that you need to make, lots of deadlines to, you know, since, you know, probably you're you know, operating a small team and then you basically need to do all of this on your own. I think, it, you know, it, it has better shaped me to a better entrepreneur that I am today based on the um, experiences I had working with, you know, startups. Uh, in the past. And how do you see the landscape now and the demand for e-scooters? Would you be able to tell us a bit about, for example, if you're a local or foreign investor, you're interested in this space, what should they be looking for if they're interested in investing? Yes, uh, amazing. Uh, thanks for the question. I, I think um, electric scooter, e-scooter sharing, or even private, uh, privately owned scooters are largely common in Europe and America as compared to Africa. And that's why Trek is really pioneering this initiative in Africa, especially in close communities, uh, by giving access to university campuses, you know, which, which is about you know, a very huge campus of 30 to 50,000 students on campus, uh, trying to deal with daily transportation means to go to lectures, to go to, you know, um, um, their dormitories. But of course, um, largely when we talk about Europe and America, we could see, you know, individuals on the streets ride, ride electric scooters around 
or even share from the um, existing businesses that we have in Europe and America. Of course, when we introduced Trescators, a lot of people were like, oh, we saw this on TV. We saw this, you know, in our TV, uh, on the in the um, TV series, on the TV and, you know, all those things. But of course, seeing it firsthand, firsthand gave them a lot of um, um, joy and a lot of enthusiasm, you know, at least um, seeing what they've seen on TVs or in their movies and now, in, you know, physically on their streets, in their community, give them a lot of joy. And I think uh, it's really something that gives us joy when we see our riders each day on Lucky Scooter to go to wherever they are going because it's a place of, okay, we are really solving, um, you know, the issue of transportation. Of course, we all know. Transportation is a great emitter of CO2 uh, when it comes to combustion engines and, you know, a continent such as Africa, you know, po- you know having a lot of huge potentials, you know, population size and, and all, and we still have to battle with, you know, inhaling um, um, unclean hair. I think it's just a lot of problems that we, we, we you know, we are having to face as Africans. So I think, you know, giving them these clean alternatives in these communities, you know, purifying the hair for them and also, reducing their cardboard footprint it's you know it's coming from a place of joy for us and that we are able to you know make impact in these communities and the team and i are really grateful to be doing this at this time and of course uh for investors uh there are always opportunities on the continent uh you know the more the bigger the problem the bigger the opportunities and i think uh is really championing this uh, it goes beyond just the electric scooters that people see the technology behind it is also very, you know, interesting. I don't know if I will get the opportunity to talk about the technology uh, that really carries on the physical infrastructure that people see. I think, you know, there are a lot of um, business opportunities that, you know, in- investors can really hop on this and also create and be part of this green revolution of, you know, transportation that Trek is champion in Africa. Yes, and let's talk about the technology behind Trek, <laughs> which which is my next question. Would you be able to tell us a bit about the technology and how that really powers Trek forward? Oh, sure, because there's no way you talk about electric scooters, especially for these um, shared operators. Uh, and you're not going to talk about, you know, the powerhouse, which is, you know, when we talk about the powerhouse, we talk about the IoT technology that allows us to, you know, uh, geofence and track the scooter in real time. Who last used the scooter? Where was he, you know, already into? Uh, where was he parked? And get those real, real time information, especially for security and also to really have real time information on how the usage of the scooter is. I, I think even for reporting. Uh, so on the scooter, we have, you know, the IoT components. Uh, we have the, uh, the IoT is integrated with our backend, um, software, which allows us to, manage uh, the fleet and also our riders and even communicating real time to our riders. For example, you're having an issue with mobile payment or oh, this is how to do it, this is how to do it. Those are informations we send backend to them. And um, also uh, this IoT technology is really powerful that allows us to even geofence our communities. As you know, I've, I've, ha- you know, I've, I've um, had about questions on, oh, how about theft? Are these scooters not stolen? What about, you know, if you deploy and people just take it away? So the IoT technology enables us to geofence the community such that every every scooter we deploy in, let's say, community, hey, uh, we, are, we, are, we, are, we are able to geofence the community such that riders can take them outside the community. The moment the scooter gets to a certain level or certain area around the geofenced area, the scooter automatically shuts down until you return it back to the business zone. So there's a business zone, there's a, you know, 
uh, out of business zone area. And these features are being created by the power of you know, the IoT technology that we have. And for trust as what is also very important for us in terms of technology is to be able to make it a commonplace uh, when it comes to other mobility value chain, you know, the logistics and other things. Because of course, most of these things have still been outsourced from, you know, from companies in Europe, in America. Meanwhile, you know, they are greatly being affected by foreign exchange, uh, you know, uh, problems. Uh, we believe at Trustfitters we can make, you know, our technology uh, mobility as a service or SaaS. Uh, a common place for other mobility entrants to probably leverage uh, this technology to also power their fleet. It could be bicycle, it could be car sharing, it could be anything mo mobility. And then, you know, we can always transact in local currency, having, you know, uh, rather than depending on dollar or you know, any foreign currency that people are, you know, uh, used to. Really interesting that, that you bring up um, the fact that you have to deal with foreign exchange rates and currency. And, and, and that's not often something people think about when they think about e-scooters, uh, but, but, but there are all of these different macro factors that, that go into running the business also. And you mentioned the fact that you collect real-time data. So are there any challenges in data? Um, the, the, the classic challenge in sustainable and impact investing is data and, and in many other industries. Um, so have you found the same with, with Trek and how do you deal with this challenge or is it a challenge for you? Uh, the good thing for us is, um, of course, there might be some challenges for other operators in other continents or in other places. But for us, we're big on data and um, through the system we have, it allows us to collect real-time data from, you know, the name, you know, the last position, the person wrote to, uh, you know, the frequency of ride, all those information, basic, basic details of the rider, you know, um, how often the person uses the scooter, um, what are the challenges, you know, the uptime, the downtime, you know, the damages on the scooter. We could always collect those information real time. And um, there is no limitation, uh, you know, as, as, as of now, of course, tomorrow there might be uh, some, but of course, as, as of now, we've not recorded any limitation. And also the fact that uh, there's little or no regulation as to about data collection, data usage uh, on the continent. I think it gives us, you know, that leeway. Although um, all the data we collect are still uh, very safe and we comply with the, you know, statutory regulatory of the of the government as to data collection. But of course, uh, we're big on data and also we're even looking at leveraging this data to even encourage and implement, you know, help governments in their policies because uh, Nigeria, Africa as a whole, you know, there's still a bit of, you know, data collection and companies like Trek can always help governments in their planning, in their policies, you know, because we have that data and we can always support them with the data we collect. Yes, yes, because I think it's in the act of data and being being able to collect such large amounts of, of data that that probably turns into its own business model and itself, right? And so, and so that's quite interesting. And do you see the day that people will choose their e-scooters over cars <laughs> because this is what is probably really needed to reduce carbon emissions. And so what is the feedback from some of your clients um, when, when they sign up with you and uh, they have the Trek experience? Um, what do they say? Yeah, it's been, <laughs> the feedback has um, been amazing so far, really. 
Uh, because even with our target audience of, you know, the youthful population of about 15 to 39 years, largely most of them don't even have a car. Let's say two, two out of 100 students own a car on campus. So largely, you know, the student populations don't even have cars to, to use. So when they see scooters and even the, the alternatives we have, they are the campus shuttles, which are largely, you know, emitters of CO2, the border border, the tuk-tuk on campus. Of course, if they see a scooter, a scooter is something they can feel fly on, you know, when they unlock. I think it, it thrills them from the time of even unlocking the scooter too. They'll be like, oh, how did you guys do it? I just brought out my phone. I unlocked the scooter and the thing unlocked. And, you know, you know, it tells you enjoy your ride. When you get to your destination, you can safely park and send us the picture of proper parking. You know, it just trails them. And we've been seeing a lot of positive comments, you know, pictures of them enjoying rights. And now I think, you know, uh, they increased in urbanization or as there is, you know, rapid urbanization um, in different parts. It's also in informing the kind of mobility alternatives that people choose. A lot of people are now moving from, you know, going down the street to, you know, go and ignite your car just to go, you know, two few miles away. Why not use a bicycle? Why not use a scooter to just get there? So I think those are the conscious, um, those are the consciousness of Africans that we want to really talk to and also speak to that, of course, going down the street just two miles away, you don't need to you know, necessarily burn, burn fur or even um, go with cars. Of course, there are other alternatives I can use to, and you know, people are really getting it. Uh, especially with this target audience we are focused on, uh, you know, there's a lot of, you know, change of orientation, like, oh, instead of me to wait for campus shots, I can always, you know, find a scooter 24 hours in my community and then ride to wherever I want to go. I don't need to you know, wait for other passengers to fill it, the bus, before I probably get to my destination. People using scooters get faster to their destination than people using the existing alternatives. I think, you know, there's a lot of time-saving opportunities here and which a lot of people, you know, are really used to. They want to save time. They want to get to wherever they are going, you know, at the, at the snap of their finger. They want to wait for anything. These are Gen Z, the Mera, and, you know, this is a technology-driven era. People don't necessarily need to wait for a car to be filled up before you get to your destination. So I think, yeah, the, the feedback, you know, have been great and uh, we're just looking to do more. And um, of course, uh, we're really excited, like I said, um, to be, you know, doing our little part, you know, trying to revolutionize, you know, transportation in Africa. Yes, because that's often the, the the case when you take your bike or even maybe walking, you you, you can sometimes get places faster rather than uh, driving, right? And so, and so that's the same with the track. And a bit more about your background, you are an MTN science and technology scholar. And um, so how has this played into scaling track and the tech behind it and where you see it going in the future? Um, thank you so much. Um, right from my childhood, I've always loved challenges. I just love to try something new. At the time, I wanted to become an engineer, but yeah, as um, <laughs> as as you know, as as God would have it, um, you know, I studied economics, and at some point for my masters, I studied um, finance and accounting. So now, and I'm an entrepreneur. I think. All of this background has really shaped me to who I am, you know, right now, especially in decision making, also even being able to coordinate the team of prosecutors. Of course, I could speak to them from the point of having gone through that phase and also could tell them, you know, what should be done and how it should be done and just, you know, a kind of inclusion, inclusivity in the team. And also given the background of, you know, uh, the team that we have at prosecutors shows you the kind of young mindset we have and also people, you know, who really love a challenging environment, you know, we give them this open opportunity to try to be a better version of themselves. I think 
know, my background in economics and also the scholarships I've been to, you know, just shows, you know, how education has also changed me and how now we are giving back to the community that raised us by giving them, you know, a clean mobility. What do you think still has to be improved within the e-scooter sharing industry? Uh, would you speak with your colleagues and partners? Uh, where where do you see improvements that, that could really propel Trek forward in the future? Thank you so much, Aisha. Um, I, I, I don't really like discussing the problems. I'm more, I'm more like, you know, providing solutions to, to, cha- you know, to challenges because, of course, uh, we're just used to stating the problems and all. But, of course, I think top on the list would be funding because, of course, um, any scooter business are really asset heavy. And now a lot of fa- uh, funders or VCs, they want, you know, um, software as a service. They want, you know, they don't want to tie down capital in um in um, assets and all, of course, um, it's, it's been a major challenge for any scooter business. I must be sincere. Uh, I think, you know, scale, scaling through the um, um, points, I think it will really make a lot of uh, not only um, scooter sharing companies, but even other, you know, entrepreneurs who are really looking into assets, asset heavy, you know, businesses like us. So also, you know, make, bring their uh, dreams into reality because they know, of course, they will definitely find fund funding. There is no, you know, like um, investors don't want to hear about, you know, you're operating asset of scooters. And, you know, so of course um, it's one of those things, but specifically for Trek, I think, you know, um, going more into research and development to even knowing, you know, the kind of IoT that will work better in Africa, the kind of motor system and also the component. I think, you know, a lot of research and development needs to really go into the, um, the product itself. I mean, the electric scooters, at least to increase the lifespan of the scooter, of course, um, that will in, in turn reduce the carbon emission of or the carbon footprint of the company in terms of, you know, um, the circular economy, the, the recycling, and also so as not the product to constitute to a landfill. Or, um, of course, there are always modular spare parts that you can always use to to increase operational time and also uh, increase the lifespan of the scooter. But of course. Uh, there, there, there needs to be a lot of research and development that needs to go into um, scooters and even the components. Uh, of course, there's these African, you know, problems that you always face. It's not like in uh, Europe or America that, you know, you have a scheduled appointment and, you know, there's still a lot of, oh, I'm coming, can I come? Oh, don't come. And, you know, or you get to your appointment, they tell you the person is not around. <laughs> you know, I think we face that a lot in Africa, but of course, uh, as an African, uh, we know how the terrain is, and we're able to, you know, maneuver all through these um, little challenges. But of course, um, I think we are doing well in terms of managing issues um, as 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 it relates to uh, our, our company. We speak a lot about the importance of knowing the local market uh, for local impact metrics for us as sustainable investors and impact investors, and then to be able um, to partner that with the international standards. Right? And so can you speaking about knowing the local markets and then being, being able to share this information with investors, I think that's so important because our markets are all different. And then the global north and global south are vastly different. But if we're truly speaking about closing the SDG funding gap, then we have to be able to have very deep knowledge of local markets like you're speaking about. Isaac, and it's really exciting to see uh, the growth of the e-scooter market. And so for Trek, what are some new features or ideas you have on the horizon? Maybe you don't want to 
tell us yet and there's a, a, a secret with your team, <laughs> but whatever you, you, you want to share in terms of what you see for new features for your clients. Yeah, of course, I might not want to, you know, divulge all the all the things <laughs> in the pipeline, but of course, I'll just give you some snippets. Yeah, uh, we want to be like a one-stop shop when it comes to mobility and um, all the mobility value chain, you know, we want to be able to provide this in Africa. And um, of course, beyond just scaling to other, you know, communities in, Af- in Nigeria, because of course, we started off in Nigeria, we are in about four communities. We've signed about 10 partnerships. We're still looking to deploy scooters in these communities anyways. Uh, and we are in talks with um, VCs. But of course, at the at the end of the day, we want to go into building a very strong brand into getting assets, asset light also um, in the near future. And uh, of course, there are lots of um, plants uh, in the pipeline that also will be rolling out um, as we progress uh, in the journey of uh, building a green mobility for Africa. But yeah, it's been it's been amazing so far, and we've been enjoying every challenge that <laughs> that come our way. That is the journey of being an entrepreneur, right? <laughs> so it's uh, often the journey that is very interesting, and so we have the destination in mind, but it's but it's the journey to to get there that is exciting, and I think all founders feel this feel the same way, right? That when you hit those milestones, it's it's you know, it's great to to feel the sense of accomplishment there. And you spoke about going from asset heavy to asset light. And so how do you see that transition for yourselves? I think uh, the lot of, there's been a lot of um, revolution, in, especially that has been brought about by improving technology. And also now you've seen Teslas, you've seen a lot of e-vehicles, even you know Toyota, Mercedes, they're even doing you know, electric cars now. And now than before, we've seen a lot of uh, even uh, the border border, I mean, the motorcycle are now going into electric. So I think there's a lot of in the future. All of this will really um, sync together. And then there will be a lot of opportunities for even battery as a service. There will be a lot of opportunities for everything share. Because now I think the future of mobility is going from owning a vehicle because in the long run, you might even say it's costing you a lot to own a car. Uh, as compared to renting one. So, of course, all these things are going to streamline later on in the future. I think that's where the future of transcription is heading to. And uh, for Trek, we want to position ourselves to where the future is going to. So, probably be able to supply all these you know, uh, value additions that comes to, you know, that comes with um, the future of transportation that is about to hit not only Africa, but the globe. Yes. And I think it's the shared economy also. Right? And, and that's going into all areas it makes it makes sense if you can buy time and rent and you don't have to own a heavy asset <laughs> and it, it makes sense to be part of the shared economy and be part of the e-scooter movement with track so this really exciting to be able to speak to you today Isaac I really look forward to all of your progress and to build the brand and to scale and this is an exciting sector so with e-scooter sharing and the sharing economy and specifically on the African continent it takes knowing local markets and to be able to share it with investors and so they can see the very exciting sectors that are growing quite rapidly like the e-scooter sharing sector so thank you very much Isaac for joining us today yeah, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure to you know sharing our, our journey so far. But of course, uh, even beyond, just just to add to what I've said so far, 
I think even beyond um, the scooter sharing or the scooter program we have in communities, we're also big on you know the techpreneurship because mm -hmm. we're in the community of smart minds, you know, the few, you know, uh the leaders of tomorrow as the as the Alphon card. And uh, of course we want to leverage some of the talents in these communities. So probably even reverse engineer some of this um, production. We want to localize even the production of the scooters. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, if you're a mechanical student, of course, you should be able to, you know, uh, get your hands dirty with some of the parts, you know, in doing this. Because nowadays, uh, education has just been tailored to, you know, the four hours of classroom, the theory. Uh, but of course, having trespassers in communities, we are also having the alliance with, you know, the, with the university management to also build our techpreneurship uh, ideations among students such that, you know, uh, at their free time, they could probably join this club, you know, uh, get their hands dirty on some of the components and see how they can repair, fix, even, you know, reverse engineer some of these processes. I think, you know, we are big on that and we want to also scale that uh, in as much as, you know, we are doing business or giving them <clears throat> a new uh, mobility solutions. I think, I think it's really crucial. I, I state that. Uh, it's just about giving back to the community, really, like I said, uh, it goes beyond just making profit. That is excellent. That is so good to hear. We love to hear companies who are really giving back and, and you're really helping, like you said, for younger entrepreneurs or maybe students to, to, to really see how it is to be in the ideation stage. I mean, because those are the stages I think that we tend to not speak as much about as entrepreneurs. It's sort of like kind of once you make it and kind of start start talking about your company, you've already gone through those stages. But those are such crucial stages. We as entrepreneurs can really support younger entrepreneurs and get back um, so, so that we can start to build the pipeline because that's also what we need is the entrepreneurial pipeline for sustainability, right? right? Yeah. It can't just be us. We exist in a pipeline. There are many entrepreneurs who will come after us. And so if we can support them and we can teach them about our industries, it just makes the ecosystem stronger in sustainability. So that's really great to hear. Wait, thank you so much. Uh, it's been a pleasure speaking with you. <laughs> yeah, so I think we could just keep on talking. <laughs> but, but it's really great to hear about Trek and all that you're doing even beyond profits and really giving back because this is also something that we focus on quite often here at Impact Vest is how do we actually support the entrepreneurs in sustainability who are coming after us who may find it hard to break into VC, break in sustainable and impact investing, uh, but they're really interested in learning. And how do we support all of these entrepreneurs and all of these companies to be able to continue to build the ecosystem? Because this, what we're speaking about or is a multi-year effort. It's really building building the ecosystem, uh, especially in the ideation stage, like, like you were saying, Isaac, to really support students and entrepreneurs and kind of what it really takes to build our businesses. And then I think I think there should be a lot of you know, incubations you know, that is targeted even towards the universities and even entrepreneurs to know, oh, yeah, I have a business and I'm looking for investors. I think there should be like a concerted effort to like target university communities because some of them don't even have any idea. Not that, you know, any of us had the idea also. It's just like, you know, from managing a family business to saying, okay, this thing makes sense. You're creating a lot of values. And of course, maybe, you know, your interest in becoming an entrepreneur also, you know, gets deepened and, you know, you just want to widen your scope and, you know, 
uh, at that time you see these opportunities it's very easy for you to like you know spot opportunity like okay this is going to really save a lot of lives it's going to really cure a lot of problems and you're like okay yeah i think i'm go going for it and you know with little resources available to you then you can double and save of course having vcs you know um like alliance um you know um, um group you can always you know focus on on students in universities uh, to see how you know you can even incubation programs you know lectures you know just on entrepreneurship how they can bring their dreams to reality mm -hmm. i think it's really go a long way to have uh, because now most of these things are not taught in school to be honest and um, little program seminars webinars that will go here that's where you know uh, some of these students you know get the idea of being an entrepreneur well, the world is gradually becoming you know <laughs> A global village whereby I think in the next 20 years, most of the people will become an entrepreneur than even, you know, working because AI is not being built to probably replace humans. And, you know, <laughs> uh, people will probably want to be leveraging these AIs, artificial intelligence, and uh, Web3 to probably, you know, soft solutions. Yeah. And so maybe the only jobs that, that will be left are to be an entrepreneur <laughs> uh, with the <laughs> rise so. of AI. So, so we're, so we're already in the right place where we are prepared for, for this future. <laughs> great. Great. Well, thank you very much, Isaac. And we'll, we'll be following your progress and we're happy to welcome you back to, for you to speak about new insights and where you're at. And so thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. You're welcome, Ayesha. Looking forward to speaking again soon. Thanks. Thank you everyone for listening to the Impact Best podcast, transformative global innovation in a new era of impact. Join us next week for another episode and become part of our Impact Best newsletter community where you will receive all of the latest updates about our work in this new era of innovative impact finance. See you next week as we create the future of finance at Impact Best.